0: Hello, all you God lovers out there. I want to uh, talk to you today about obtaining the promises of God. Now, if anyone were to ask me, what is the most disappointing thing that you see in the church today? I would have to say it's the fact that many people uh, go through their Christian lives without seeing all the promises of God manifest in their life. Now, many may say that we obtain all the promises of God when we get to heaven. But why are we so quick to look past what God promises for us here in this life? What has God promised us? Salvation. The word salvation comes from the Hebrew and the Greek. They both carry the same basic meaning. um, Safety, healing, prosperity, deliverance, and preservation. So that's why when we hear Paul make this statement, 2 Corinthians six two, he said, Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Paul is telling us that all these things are available to us today as part of God's promise to us through the new covenant. So if these promises are there, why is the whole church not obtaining them for their lives today? I believe the answer is, to, to us or for us is also found in God's word. Back in uh, Hebrews 6, starting in verse 10, uh, it says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate the those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I believe this passage leads Christians to some very important points. First, um, it lets us know that many in the early church obtained these promises. Secondly, it tells us how many, uh, how many of them obtain them through faith and patience. In essence, they receive them through time and space management. Now, some may ask, what does this passage have to do with time and space management? And what does that have to do with Christian living today? Everything. But to understand it, we need to start from the beginning. Uh, Let's start from Genesis chapter 1, when God created the heavens and the earth. Okay? It was on the second and third day that God created the physical world. And we'll call this space uh, because it occupies space something and separates the spiritual from the physical. Um it was a creation of a dimensional world that we are setting in right now. Now on the fourth day God created something else. In Genesis 1, 14 through 19 and then God said, "Let there be lights in the firmament uh, in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons, for days and years, the fourth day." Our eternal God created time on this day. So we see that God created time and space in the within the first four days. Uh, and on the fifth day, he created animals. And on the sixth day, he not, not only created man, but he does something else. In Genesis 1, 26 starts, it says, uh, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. You need to underline that in your Bible. For the fish of the over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and, but he didn't stop there. Over all the earth, and every, uh, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God He created him, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said, "Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it." Underline that. Have dominion, underline that, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, as we look at a couple of these words, the word dominion in the Hebrew, uh, it means to rule, to have dominion, to dominate, to tread down, to rule or subjugate. The Hebrew word for subdue means to bring under control, uh, to force, to keep under to bring an into bondage. This brings a question: If that was what man, you know, was to do, what what man was to rule over and subdue? Um, what was it? It was all of creation. What was all of creation? Two basic com- two basic components: time and space, the physical environment around us, the three dimensional creation. We always think about time and space or our environment, because we experience it every day in our life. But time is kind of like God. No one sees God or time, but we do see the results of their existence. Just look at yourself in the mirror compared to your picture 20 years ago. As for God, just go outside and look at the heavens. Time did not exist until God created it. And Paul even talks about this, in uh, Acts 17, uh, starting in verse 20. Then Paul stood in the midst of uh, the uh, Arapergeus, pardon me, and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I pass through and consider the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship Without knowing him, I proclaim to you, God who made the world and everything in it, since the Lord, he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor does he worship with men's hands as though he needs anything, um, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times, underline that, and the boundaries of their dwellings. You can underline that. So that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for Him and find Him, though He is not far from each one of us. For in Him we live and move and have our being. As also some of our own prophets have said, or poets have said, for we are also His offsprings, therefore, since we are the offsprings of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature, the spiritual man, is like gold or silver or stone, something slapped by art, and man devised. Truly, these things are, are uh, these times are ignorance of God's ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day, time, on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. And of course, we're talking about our Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Two words gives us an understanding of this passage. Appointed times means to set in order, a measure a measure of time, universally a fixed or defined definite time, and boundaries of their dwellings means a definite limit, or the physical. Paul is explaining the creation of time, space, in which we live and move today. So, what we now have after creation is two different worlds, the spirit and the physical. The space world, the spirit world, I should say, operates in eternity, while the physical operates in time and space. The, the question is, can we bridge the two kingdoms to obtain the promises of God, to bring the invisible into the physical? Well, that brings us back to our base scripture, Hebrews 6, 11, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, I want you to note there are four Greek words that we need to define, okay? The first is diligence. And that means, uh, in the Greek, it means to do one's best, to make every effort to, to try as hard as possible and the second word would be sluggish and it's defined as to be slow to understand and the third word is a is a very important word it's faith now what is faith did god create faith no faith is an attribute of god it is part of his being since god is the spirit his spirit uh, that means that faith is a spiritual attribute in hebrews 11:1 Uh, The Bible tells this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it elders obtained a good testimony. Now question, what would a good testimony be? Receiving something from God obtained by faith. And verse 3, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which were seen were not made of things which are visible. So we're talking about bringing things from the spiritual realm, things we're not physically seeing, into the physical world. Faith is the bridge between the spirit realm and the physical realm in which we live and move and have our being. Where do we live and have our being? We have it in the physical realm. But we can bring the spirit realm into our lives. Why now faith? Because faith operates outside the restraints of time and space. It is always current act of faith. It is spiritual and operates in in eternity. Faith is not yesterday. It is not tomorrow. Faith is now. We either are in faith now or not in faith now. Does everyone have faith? No, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 32, 20, um, and it reads this way, and he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see uh, what their end will be for they are, they are a preser- uh, perverse generation, children in whom is no faith. And we know that in Hebrews, it tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. But we also read in Luke eighteen eight. And Jesus asked, nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? And then finally in Mark four thirty-nine, he says, and then he arose, rebuked the wind and said to them, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Can anyone get faith? Yes, but faith comes by one way. Romans 10, 17. Um, faith, so then faith comes by the hearing and hearing by the word, the rhema of Christ. So faith isn't something that we, we drum up through our life experiences, um, through um, our testing, through uh, uh, things that we do in life, challenges that we, we are confront. Faith comes by hearing by the word of Christ hearing what Christ has done for us, hearing what Christ has has accomplished in us. Since the fall, he has redeemed us from that curse. He has set us in a higher ground as we are now not just friends of God, but children of God. So how does faith work? Jesus compared faith to a mustard seed. We often think the size of a mustard seed. How does a mustard seed work? But How does a mustard seed work? First, it has to be planted. If a seed is not planted, it produces nothing. Everything God created, he called it something by faith. Hebrews 11.3 tells us, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Romans 4.17 says this, And God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. God planted everything by his word in faith. Jesus makes this comparison in the parable of the sower. So what does this have to do with you? Everything. For the just shall live by faith. What does Hebrews 6.11 say? Again, We are to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Imitate means to do what others do. Who are the others? Well, let's see what some of the uh, the other people were. Um, In Hebrews 11, um, we see Noah. He built an ark uh, in preparation for what is to come. Um, By faith, Abraham changed his environment. Uh, Not knowing where he was going, but uh, was called out by God and uh, went there not knowing what to expect. By faith, Moses uh, led Israel to a new land. By faith, Israel entered the promised land. Um, Men and women of faith always moved by faith. And uh, what it usually required was a changing of their environment. And a changing of their environment was going to be done by faith, believing God at His word. Then where was Jesus? What did Jesus do? Um, as He is the Word, He changed the environment everywhere He went. How did He do it? Well, let's see. In Luke eight, uh, starting in verse twenty-three. But as they sailed, He fell asleep, and the windstorm came down uh, on the lake, and they were filled, uh, filling with water. And they were in jeopardy. And he came to him and he woke him. Um, and they came to him and they woke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose, rebuked the wind and the raging water. and they And they ceased and there was a calm. But listen to what Jesus says. But he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who, is, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water to obey him. Jesus would obey um, by the time and space. He managed both the space environment and he managed the time environment. Why is it important to manage time? Because time is an enemy of your faith. Uh, it is not God that tests your faith. Several times the Bible tells us that God tested the hearts of men. But nowhere in the Bible does it say that God tested their faith. Now in Psalms uh, 105, starting in verse 17, um, we do read, uh, he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with his with." feathers he was laid in irons until the time of his word came to pass the word of the lord tested him and the king sent and released him the ruler of the people let let him go free Uh, he made him lord of his house and ruler all of over all his possessions whose word came to pass Genesis 37, start in verse five. Now, Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. And they were were there binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, shall we indeed reign over you? Or shall we indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and what? His words. They were Joseph's words that were tested. Now we know that faith is, but what is patience? Now we need to look at this word patience in the Greek. The word patience is not a a very good English translation, translation of this Greek word. A better translation would be long-suffering, meaning forbearance or fortitude. This Greek word used 14 times in the New Testament, 12 times it is translated as long-suffering. But this Greek word comes from a compound of two Greek words, one meaning long, in place, or in time, the other meaning a passion, as if breathing hard. So when you combine these two, it actually comes out as keeping long, enduring passion. Uh, This word portrays not only our endurance, but also our fortitude. The Greek word most often translated as patience um, uh, means endurance, consistency. How do we know there's a difference between these words? Because both words are used in Colossians uh, 1, 10 through 14 that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being uh, fruitful in every good work and increasing the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. So we see that by faith, calling those things not that be not as they, uh, as they are, And long-suffering, long-enduring passion for which we are believing for, they receive the promises. Now, when you see that as a comparison, Abraham waited 25 years for his promise to be fulfilled. But he did not allow time to destroy his passion for God's promise. He was not moved by unbelief. Now, what happens with many of us, we fall into this trap of letting time because we don't manage it, destroy the promise being manifest in our life. Bringing that substance into our life from the spiritual realm, we allow that time lag to come into play. And rather taking dominance over it, uh, taking authority over it, and still declaring our passion for what that promise is to be to us, we go into unbelief and we know in Romans 4:16-22 God tells this therefore it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be according uh, sure to all the seed not only to those who are of the law but also those who are of faith of Abraham who is the father of us all verse 17 for it is written i have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed God who gave life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And and he goes on to write in verse 19, and not only being weak, but not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. The results of Abraham's time and space management achieved what he was promised and what he was looking for in hebrews six thirteen, 13 uh, it reads this way for when god made a promise to abraham because he could swear by no one greater he swore by himself saying surely blessing i will bless you and multiply i will multiply you and so after he had patiently endured kept the passion he obtained the promise my friends, it is not only that we believe God, that we should believe God, but we also, how we believe God, that we produce the promise of God in our lives. My friends, it is not only that we believe God, but also how we believe God that produces the promise of God in our lives. I want to encourage you to keep the promise, keep the patience, and believe Until next time, have a blessed week.